0: what is the difference between being punk and being a punk we are here to talk some punk rock some music comics punk culture diy
1: shit anything we want to talk about that's that's what fascinates give me everything absolutely everything
0: i find that that music and comics have always
1: been intertwined Muckspout. Chicks dig it.
2: Don't worry.
0: (laughs) Hey, welcome to the Muckspout podcast. Um, Today we have the team behind the comic book teaser um, that includes William Potter, who is connecting right now, and (laughs) Philip Bond. (laughs) Welcome to the podcast, guys.
3: Thank you, guys. Thank, thanks, Muxpout. Thanks, thanks thank for having you us. for joining us. Um, there he is. There he is. <laughs> so the
0: first episode, miss- of, the first episode we ever did of our podcast, we actually reviewed the first Geyser comic because we were yes. all, all
3: three of us were really stoked about it. Well, that's great. You know, like you're the you're the music and comics podcast.
2: Apparently, thank you. Well,
3: I'm I, 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 I I don't <laughs> know
0: if you're asking a <laughs> question. Ooh. Oh, it doesn't have a good connection going on. Maybe it'll uh maybe it'll straighten out. <laughs> yep. Um
1: but yes, at any rate, yes, we are the punk and uh, well punk is a loose term. We kinda of like all kinds of music and then good. comics. Uh, and punk- so you guys were just perfect for us because all the little touches that you guys did with You know, I was reading it on a tablet when I first read it and I blew it up and I could see all the like wet leg stickers and all the fun little background things that just really set it apart. And just the fact that it was done like a seven inch that the fact that it was like a record store bag in that first issue, it was all those touches that just made it so fabulous for like dorks like us, basically. Okay. So we appreciate you very much.
3: Good, thank you. Well, I appreciate that because, like, we, you know, as as much of these like little little efforts that we put into it, these little extra things that uh, that go in there, it's good to know that they're appreciated.
1: Oh yeah, and I do.
3: I I I like looking at the whole, like looking at it sort of on on screen on digital, like being able to blow it up and sort of like move around and look at all the yeah. all the all the little details that are sort of like almost impossible to even see in the print version
1: yeah so, it's wonderful i just blew everything nice up script. earlier today when i was rereading and saw mm-hmm. all the Good. flyers and everything in the record store at the beginning and it was just such a wonderful nod to the music that we all love so thank you
0: guys. when Good. it came to the um, when it came to the aesthetic like of the packaging like the um the record store bag and the all the different ads inside, um, showing who they opened for, and all that stuff. Like, was that something that you put together, Phil?
3: Uh, uh, yes, yeah, the entirety of it, really. Um, I don't think there's uh, think I don't think there's anything in there that, that that wasn't sort of like madly redrawn, which is like uh, like kind of like insane when you're looking at. Uh, we had. Um, like a fake cover of Melody Maker than the uh, music newspaper. Um, that uh, I uh, ra- rather than sort of like taking an old copy of Melody Maker and sort of cutting it up and using the logo and everything. I like traced the whole thing. I was like, now I'm going to do like I'm going to do the whole thing by hand." So I don't think like even when you see like old logos of of other bands and of uh, venues and stuff. It's all—it's all sort of like completely hand-rendered. Yeah, and, I like and that. Way. I, I think it sort of like makes the whole the, the artwork sort of like hang together exactly. It blends like being, perfectly with uh, the band artwork with stuff pasted on it. It's like
1: yeah, yeah.
2: We like we, we of... really treat them like a yeah. geezer, like they're uh, an existing band. So that there are reviews and um, interviews with the band, and uh, I went back to my own archives from the enemy and Melody Maker over here, and I, I took. The styling, the the font, um, and also the sarcasm of the journalists, and uh, had them just tear apart um, uh, Geezer and you know <laughs> give them hell. Um, where you'll see that there's um, there's another band called Clobber, who um, mm-hmm. are the media's darlings. Everybody loves Clobber and uh, supports them, and in comparison, Geezer are just like you know
3: bad news. <laughs> yeah, which is entirely was, a sort of media-generated thing, because like basically yeah. they—I mean, they, they could be like completely interchangeable.
0: Yes, yeah. uh, yeah, just I, because I'll...
3: we're focusing on Giza, we could easily have done like a book focusing on uh, on Clobber, and, and you would have had exactly the same stories going on about how they sort of like like had their little sort of like little little t- lucky moments, and then it all falls apart. So yeah, there's, yeah, the, there's the
0: obvious parallel of um, Oasis and Blur.
3: Yeah.
2: And yes. There is like obviously was, those rivalries. But it's also a little bit from my my time being in CUD where it's like there there were a lot of jealousies between bands, like, you know, how come this band got the front cover? What did they do? Who did they sleep with? Um, <laughs> You know, we we even had our singer move down to London for a period um, from the north, hoping that just by hobnobbing with the journalists, we mo- we might get some better press if we were seen at the right parties. Instead, what he ha- what happened to him is the um, he got chucked out of a flat and uh, dropped a huge box of le- uh, records on his uh, on his legs, falling
1: down the stairs, and ended up in hospital. Oh, <laughs> so- <geez. laughs> oh. Wow. Now, I was wondering, like, since it is partially based on your time in Cud, uh, did you or anyone else in the band actually get headbutted in the face by any chance? Or
2: uh... <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just, there, there were times I had to be held back from, you know, um, from ending up in a fight. But mostly that was me just getting ridiculously drunk and and. Uh, there was one time after a gig, I for some reason I was uh, at with some after show, and uh, I came out and everybody had left, left me behind, and I did not know how I was <laughs> going to get there. I was staying, so I, I got furious and threw a bottle of water around, which um, hit some some passers by, and uh, oh. a uh, yeah, the, the potential fight had to be um, um, avoided there. So. <laughs> but no, there were no fisty cuffs with with other bands. Okay, um, but yeah, we had some run-ins with bands like Primal Scream and stuff, but mostly that was because we stole their rider.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and now it looks like, so the Good Mixer is an actual club that was featured in Issue 1. How much time did you actually spend there like hoisting pints back in the day, and do you still well, go there? Well, I actually went there especially
2: to do some research uh, for, and send some reference to...
1: I was wondering their, about
2: that.
0: I was wondering if Phil just had a really great memory for the bar... Or
3: I, I I I was never actually in the Good Mixer. I I I was never actually in there. Um, most of the other places in um, in the story I know well, but I, I the Good Mixer I only know from the outside and from uh, and from photographs. Yeah. Well,
2: I, I I did get I mean, my my, my band was based in Leeds, um, so we didn't get to hang out so much with um, the bands in London. But when we when we did. We knew where they went to. So th- there's a club in uh, issue two called Syndrome, which was downstairs um, uh, at the, like, uh, the, the top end of um, Oxford Street. And we okay. used to see lots of bands there, um, bands like the Senseless Things, Lush, whatever, and Blur. And uh, there's another place we used to go to, the Camden Underworld. And again, it's the same thing. There are loads of bands just like, you know, would get furious with the DJ if the DJ didn't play their record. <laughs> um, of course, you wouldn't dance to your own record. That's just yeah. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and then yes, we went to the good mixer and used used to see Graham from Blur there quite a lot and got on well with Graham. He was he was great. He was a really really nice company at the time. Uh, but you know, we only went there one or two times because uh, it wasn't our local.
1: And now going into issue two, which is what we're here to talk about anyways, uh, we wanna make sure we promote the new issue and make sure everybody knows we got about another week left on Kickstarter. You guys uh-huh. are doing great. Uh, the guys are going to the US at this point for that leg of the tour, right? Am I correct? That's right. Yes. Okay.
2: The main story of this one is their um, terrible tour of the US. This was um, very, very much of, of the period with bands um, from the UK, thinking they were so cool, just being sent by the company to go and break the states, and it broke them. They would just, you know, they drank too much. They were unprofessional. The locals just didn't get what they were doing. Um, it was a time of the grunge was really successful, so this yeah, right, kind of yeah. British kind of '60s influenced pop was like, yeah, I could, uh, yeah, not that interested. Um, and I know that, for example, the Blur's um, U.S. tour after their um, first album was a, a real mess, and it inspired them to to focus their attention on British musical influences and ignore the states for that period. So, there's so a really, it
3: was like it was like the the U.S. tours that uh, that actually were instrumental in forming Britpop.
2: Yeah, and at the same it time, we've got was- this, this is going on through the comic. There's also um, flashbacks to yeah. The club I mentioned, Syndrome, where um, the band are trying to ingratiate themselves into the London scene by, you know, chatting up some of the stars of the period. And also um, it shows when they um, signed their record company, uh, their, their, their record deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's a, yeah.
0: Was Britpop a term
2: in the UK? Yes. Yeah. It, 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 it's an odd term. It, it's it made up by journalists. Um uh-huh. I've told the story before. He, it, the same journalist came up with a title called Lion Pop about a year before, and which which Cud was lumped into. Uh, it was a response to to grunge, and the American uh, music was taken over the UK at the time. And he just wanted to, he was looking for bands um, that had a very British sensibility, a little bit quirky, not kind of rock. And um, yeah, uh, about it, it didn't really take off. And then a year later, he came up with Britpop. And put suede, Blur, Oasis all together in that pot, and they weren't necessarily, uh, you know, making the same kind of music at all. It's just typical music journalists trying to create a scene to sell ma- uh, uh, magazines and newspapers. Were,
3: were there <laughs> were there any were there any bands that actually sort of liked the term Britpop?
2: Not that I know. Um, no, they probably no, liked. No. It. it was a weird time because the. Um, there were new bosses at, at radio, TV, who were actually open to featuring a lot of uh, new British bands that weren't yeah. just popular. So
3: the yeah, oh, so you'd get exposure, but not really yeah. want to but be it happened uh, all at the right like... time.
2: So there were bands that were getting exposure. They got a, a, a label that they could lump them together with and uh, treat it like a new wave of British music uh, and wave the flag behind them. Um, even the bands had nothing nothing in common at all they were lumped together and it it created a scene which is still being talked about um you know was 25 years later
1: yeah now so this second issue where they're going on the u.s tour are, are there any uh memories that you have from i'm assuming Parts of the, that is also drawn from your time touring. Did you go to the U.S. and do that whole gig? Yes,
2: and we, we did that thing. There's there's scenes where we uh, at Giza get to meet the uh, American record company, and it's like, can they shrug their shoulders? So like, who are these guys? Did we sign them? You know, who signed these? Where <laughs> you know, we, we had trouble with our record company, where um, again they had no idea how to market us. Um, the head of A&R actually told us that Country & Western was the the big (laughs) We should turn to Country & Western. (laughs) Uh, There was the the head of the company who is now actually a massively successful millionaire head of um, an international record company in the US. He virtually ignored us. He looked out the window and and was using a plastic uh, ruler and just slapping his desk. (laughs) (laughs) And our head, the a guy who signed us, just looked at us and said, "Yeah, this is what happens.
1: <laughs> <laughs> just take so the money and be happy." Exactly. I guess,
2: yes. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we did do a tour of the states, but it was a really small one—about five or six shows, meeting, meet and greet the record company, local yeah. reps. And we played Boston, I think it was. And uh, the, all the local um, music p- promoters and stuff didn't even go in the room with us. They just watched watched us on a small t- monitor in the bar next to the to the venue because it was too loud. Yep. <laughs> so we can talk and drink in the other room.
3: Well, you want, you want to know how this band is going to look on TV. Yeah, right. Now, I'm <laughs> yeah. curious
1: because I'm from Massachusetts. I'm on the other side of the state from Boston, but I'm curious what club you guys were in, uh, you were, if you remember. I don't remember. I
2: remember we played okay. San Francisco Slims. We played uh, L.A. Whiskey A Go-Go. Um, New York marquee okay well, uh, any of
1: these feature into geezer's storyline uh,
2: yeah, yes there were some of these some of these venues. Um, I did my research and and checked that these venues were still open in the yeah. um, I think 94 when geezer go there. I based the tour itinerary on similar tours that like blur and uh, other bands from that era did
3: interesting
1: uh,
2: so yeah the, the, the yeah all the tour dates that um, geezer do, they're all based on, um, you know, existing venues. Uh, some of that, a lot of them that are closed now, sadly.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Lot, way too many have closed just in the last few years, but that's a whole yeah. different oh, okay, I'm going to try and find out where we played in Boston. That would be just for my curiosity. I'm very curious. Will, but, Will
3: is a very concise record keeper. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm a, dig- I'm a so
1: digital, bit of a d- digital hoarder myself. Yeah, that's so. John's,
3: John's area too. <laughs>
0: Um, I'm curious how. So you guys worked together on a project, on a story prior to Geezer. I saw, um, and curious yeah. how how you guys continued on to Geezer at some point. I know there was some time in between there, quite a few, quite a bit of time, I believe. Um, I'm curious how the Geezer popped up. Also, on top of that, from what I could tell, Phil,
3: you aren't really a Britpop guy. <laughs> What, now what now why do you say that i like i'm, I'm just uh i'm no, i'm 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 very dubious of the term that's all i okay. like when i what i said earlier like none of the bands who were lumped in as Britpop wanted to be Britpop. they were all like sort of like happy to go on the shows celebrating Britpop, but we're like mm-hmm. yeah all those other bands on the show they're Britpop, pop but we're not i can
2: i can answer the question i'm sorry to interrupt um I found where we played. We played uh, in Cambridge, Boston at TT the Bears place. Yes.
1: Okay. Yeah. I've never yeah. been there, but that's like all my friends used to go there all the time. So, yeah, that's awesome. I was just curious. Yeah. I know, I know, I, the
2: day after is where we went to stay at Philip Stark's uh, Paramount
1: Hotel in New
2: York, um, which is where um, Giza get booked in. Well, nice. they arrive there. And unfortunately, their booking is not, no one seems to have <laughs> They're booking where Clobber works out well for Clobber. They get straight in. And it was a strange hotel because um, Shelley Bond said it's exactly the same hotel where she used to book in all of like the, the British comic guys uh, who were coming at conventions or to meet DC. Uh, Uh,
3: So she also
2: had memories. So we able to share those with, uh, I think it was
3: one, one of those places where like, they didn't care that the like people were a little, uh, Rumbunctious, but i i guess i guess they can't have been as expensive as as the uh the philippe stark kind of uh that would that would let on because the rooms were like like little tiny boxes i think that's okay. where they made up their money like yeah yeah much, i do remember that the, a reasonable rate but they were all like little tiny cupboards
2: i do remember that the the um the sinks were like some weird design that you pull, you turn the taps, and the water just came down the sink
1: and straight down your trousers. <laughs> <laughs> faucets, we don't need faucets. Just let it go. It's fine.
3: I still actually reminded me. I saw one of those last time I was in 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 the UK. I saw one of the like a very odd sink in a public bathroom in Brighton. This is like a completely unconnected story now. But uh, yeah, it. there was there was a very fancy design of sink in a public bathroom. And they'd obviously had a bit of trouble on it because they'd had to put a sign on there that said, not a urinal. Because <laughs> 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 it looked like it. It was just like this open thing where just like water came down. And you think like, do I wash my hands there? Do I pee in it? A bit of both maybe. Uh, yeah. I,
1: Holiday,
3: I don't know a <laughs>
2: thing that can't be a urinal.
1: <laughs> yeah, really, yeah. I was going to say anything can be if you need it bad enough, I suppose. Yes. But, yes. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Anything can be a urinal right, if you're brave enough. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and suddenly everyone went silent. I'll shut you everything up. Went weird. <laughs> Sorry, I, I,
2: I've just been distracted by my journal from uh, the, my time in the States, <laughs> uh, checking out AM signing Hammerbox and meeting up with the rest of the band at Matt Dillon's bar across from the hotel. Okay.
1: I oh. thought you were going to give us a nice dear journal. Here's what I did tonight. This guy was dreamy, absolutely dreamy.
3: So, <laughs> so Will, did did you support anyone in, when you came over to the US, or like, when uh, you, like we we supported
2: of... with the Bunny Man? Uh, Sorry, we supported the Bunny Man at uh, the New oh, Music right. Seminar oh. in New York. Cool. Um, that's that earned. Uh, when we were on the uh, West Coast, um, EMF were over there because um, oh, right. Unbelievable was, like, number one. And yeah. and we knew them. with um, So, um, you know, they, they ushered us over there, and we did a, um, a support with them, which was great fun. Oh, great that's nice. Them. They also yeah,
0: had a fun Kickstarter. And really great. Mm-hmm. I got their uh, box set on, uh, the vinyl box set from them mm-hmm. on Kickstarter, like, a couple of years ago. That was great.
2: Okay. They're, they're great. I keep bumping into uh, the singer at, mm-hmm. uh, like... Uh, um, music f- festivals over here we always end up playing the same dates it's great it's <laughs> awesome
3: yeah, so, it's just uh, nice how like all these people from the time have turned out to be just like nice people after all after yeah, all, we all, sure. of, like, all those years of competition you know yeah. you like come out at the end of it and like actually they're all really nice <laughs> yeah so, absolutely yeah.
2: like philip says it's an absolute surprise that all of these uh, bastards that we used to like yeah uh, you know, so jealous of you know and fume about and take the piss out of we meet them like uh, 25 years later and they're they're just they're just so charming uh that uh, you know we, we can't help but say nice things about them now it's a completely <laughs> different thing now, now we're what you call heritage uh, <laughs> so,
3: uh, it's yeah and, yeah so I'm, I'm i'm ho- Sorry, uh, I, I just I, I, I just wanted to say I'm hoping some of that comes across in Giza as well. How like sort of uh, despite all the sort of like the antagonism between all these bands at the time, as uh, I, I think one of the things that we can do when you look at look you look at things from other people's viewpoints and you see that everyone has the same sort of viewpoint. So you see that like mm. you know despite all the sort of the antagonism, like people like. They are all the same, really. So,
1: yeah. and at the yeah, time, it's you're fighting
3: t- 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 young ego um, bashing around that
1: period.
2: Yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know and af- afterwards, you, you think like it was meaning- it's meaningless. It's like the, the the quality of the music and how long it lasts that's important, not like yeah. how, you know, who got more beers on their rider <laughs> or, you know, who, who won like such and such an award at some journalist show.
1: You know. Yeah. And back in the day, it was probably more about, like, fighting for gig spaces sometimes and everything than actually yeah. having animosity towards each other. It was more of a, yeah, we need to be on top so we can get these gigs. So I totally get that part of it. Mm. Yeah, you can be
2: so petty in bands. You can say, like, you know, you could be supporting a band uh, and then, you know, piss them off by not giving them much of a sound check or telling them they can't move anything. They can't borrow the drum kit. Give them inferior lights, things like that. Now, everything's set on the mixing desk. You can't touch that. You know? <laughs> oh, you've
1: only got four channels. Now, you kind of touched on the whole longevity of the thing. And it still how things stings. It still come stings. out. stings.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Sorry.
1: <laughs> Over time. Um, now, how long do we plan on the Geezer story going into the future? Like, are we going to get to an inevitable comeback tour in the series?
2: Or yeah. are we... <laughs> Yeah, they, get, they end up with the uh, jetpacks and playing one of the first gigs on the moon.
3: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that nice. that's, maybe that's issue six. <laughs> no, we, have five, we, we do have five issues planned. Okay, so, that's like, kind of what I was if, curious about. If, if there is a sort of like huge demand, then yeah, maybe we'll do the moonshot thing. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, we, uh, like the, the Giza story does run from... Uh, well, when, when do we first meet Martin? Well, um, what's the it's, earliest it's we meet him? 90, it, I think it might be
2: eighty nine, ninety when he's uh, in a kind of like Manchester band. Was sc- he's in a school band, basically, yeah. living yeah. with his mum, just doing his first kind of battle of the bands in a local village hall. Mm. And he then he goes to college in Manchester and forms a kind of like baggy Manchester band. Venison, uh, yeah, uh, no, no, that's Glimmer. No, that's before.
3: Was oh, that Glimmer, yes.
2: I think it was yes. Glimmer. Yes. <laughs> We just got that typical kind of very kind of Manchester sound. Oh yeah, there's all the, everyone's on E, um, and uh, and then then he moves to London and then he he sets up Giza and that carries on from uh, it's probably about '93 uh, right up to about '97, which is like the, yeah. the death knell of, of Britpop. But then we've got flashbacks and we've got like yeah. you know, and, find and out indeed, you know, what ultimately yeah. yeah. Do we get more there's... of the pits? Uh n- No, we don't get more of the Pits. We we get a lot of Jess. She, she's not in this issue. You yeah, they will
3: be back. But.
2: I don't. I don't think well, you, you see a lot more of her life, um not just in the band. Mm. So, uh, yeah, but yeah, that, 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 the Pits was a, a great band, and, and um, we should people have, her, people have actually asked for a Pits T-shirt as well.
1: Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, I like that. <laughs> I'm a sucker.
2: I'd buy it for sure. So. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well,
2: yeah, love it. You know, it's it's generating this entire scene of this like history of different bands and and tours and logos. It it, it, it would be fun if we we could expand like this the uh, the geezerverse, right?
3: <laughs> Yeah, it, it is a ton of fun, by the way. Just like sort of making sure everyone has uh, a a sort of a, a logo that fits in with the times, and like sort of yeah. there are there are sort of I, I think. Like so far, there are actually three different Giza logos, sort of like from when, like the pre signing logo to their, uh, to the, to this logo. This, this is the sort of like, uh, this is like Giza Prime. This is Giza sort of like 85, 95 sort of it's, logo. The
2: logo is when they could afford to have a graphic design student from clothing. <laughs> to it. <as> well.
1: Yeah. <laughs> now, Philip, did I so, see that, that you used to actually design? t-shirts for Cud, am i correct about that
3: I, I i don't think i've ever done any t-shirts for code, but we, okay. we we did well, work then, together like we we did, you'll
1: did. you'll need to update your wikipedia page because they told <laughs> oh, me that
2: no we actually we actually did have a t-shirt designed by uh glenn dylan who's a okay. colleague of, of philip um I, I, lo- I love to, to say, to, you know, uh, and, and Glyn's funny enough to, um, is, is polite enough to be um, proud of it as well. The guy who designed the Batman t-shirt, about oh. Batman, the latest Batman suit designed <laughs> oh. <a> t-shirt. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I mean, there were no nipples on this design, so always a good design if there's no... Yeah, like, uh, the, the cold in the UK. <laughs> <laughs> So yes, I'm. I apologize for that bit of misinformation, but obviously Wikipedia was not my friend today. So, <laughs>
3: um, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm going to have to look that up. i <laughs> You've embarrassed us, John. <laughs> I have I no true knowledge. Although, no, whoa, 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 whoa. There was the. I uh, know. Will last uh, the. Uh, oh, yes. when, soon after we did the uh, the cut story in yes, the, 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 yeah, thing, the Black yes. round quarterly. The, we yeah, so back kinda, on, when kinda, was it like twenty twenty seventeen or so? Um, mm-hmm. Will wrote the uh, uh, story called Rich and Strange, which ran in in the Black Crown Quarterly, which ran quarterly for exactly a year, mm-hmm. um, and the Cud story um, ran from like like at the most maybe like five or six pages. Um, yeah, uh,
2: yeah, there was the, the last issue was generally smaller. It's about yeah. it's about uh, twenty pages. The... It's an American comic book's worth of a story. Okay. But cool. Philip, Philip drew the band so well, we uh, we asked if we could use it on a T-shirt.
3: There you ah, go. So it oh, okay. did end up on a T-shirt.
1: Okay, so I'm not lying completely. All right, so no. I feel a little better. <laughs> no. it, was, it,
3: wasn't, it wasn't a design for a T-shirt, but it was used on a T-shirt. Okay. Yeah. So was that story yeah, the origin
0: team. story of you guys uh, teaming up for this eventually? How did that all pan out?
3: Oh, no, that's another comic
2: strip where at some point me and Philip are going to have to collaborate on our origin story. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Yeah, we um Will and I go back way like way before that. We sort of first met when I was I was working on Deadline magazine, which um I don't know if like you guys know that's where like I mean you'd have to say that's where Tank Girl originated. Okay. Um so that was in the that was in the late 80s up until um sort of maybe ninety ninety three or four, something like that. Um and so I, uh, myself and Jamie Hewlett and Alan Martin um, were in Deadline right from the first issue and then apparently we were on a tour. We did a tour of the UK, and, which is where we ran into Will. So mm-hmm. maybe Will can pick up the story from here.
1: Yeah,
2: I, I, I came <laughs> along with um, uh, Duncan Fagredo, who's a, 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 another um, successful comic artist who was a friend at uh, university and he Tracked me down. Um, I, I knew of Deadline and uh, I loved it. And um, so I don't know why I didn't go there anyway. Um, so, yeah, he introduced me to, uh, to, the, to the lineup of the signing and um, they had heard of CUD, which amazed me. And <laughs> uh, we stayed in touch. And so when CUD played the South Coast, um, uh, usually Brighton, I'd pop over and well, they'd come to the show. I'd go over to Worthing, hang out with them for a while, and ended up drawing my own stripping Deadline for a, for a year.
3: So yeah, we stayed in touch. Cool. So yeah, so asked, when uh, so I think where when Shelly actually found out about Cud, Shelly got into Cud. Like Shelly's like very odd about sort of getting into things. She'll like sort of like just hear something that just strikes her just right, and that's it. That's like that's that's her thing now. So she got into CUD in a big way. And uh and and, and realized that uh, we were still in touch with Will, but, uh, so she sort of got got back to Will, and then you know, with a little bit of back and forth, ended up with the rich and strange story in uh, the Black Frank Quarterly.
2: I and have then
3: he my connection
2: with Cud to get to yeah. my way into comics. There's nothing Perfect. nothing to do with any comic talent. It's just like uh, it's just the links to Cud.
3: <laughs>
1: Elbow oh, yeah. right now. <laughs> it,
3: <laughs> I should say it has worked out very well because the because Giza is such a such a funny story. I'm like laughing at it all the time. I like the the first time I read the the scripts. I'm like sort of like just hilarious stuff. And even it's, like I like before before I sort of like really sort of got into drawing issue two. I like had a good look at issue one again and like read it for the first time in like maybe six months or so and I it was like hilarious this is like really good stuff i like I'm I'm really I'm proud of my own work in it but I think the story is just hilarious it's It's a lot of fun to read I I was wondering do people actually talk like that like they do in the book like
0: the (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if that's a bad question or not but I just love reading how they sound and like it's, it feels a little bit over the top, but I don't know.
3: I don't think so. I, no? I, don't, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think there's anything, but to, is there?
2: No? I, I haven't thought of them as talking uh, in a particularly odd way. I just, you know, when I put the words in. American in me. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I mean, yeah, I think, I think, yes, yeah, I think they, they, we, yeah, we do talk like that. And I, I you know, <laughs> I, I deliberately played up any kind of. British uh, Britishisms in there.
3: Well, that, um, that's what that's what they did at the time.
2: Yeah, and so uh, at the same time, I had a bit of fun by creating um, a glossary for the American yes. edition. Yes, uh, that to was... explain these. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I happily will um, swing towards the uh, the British uh, vocabulary uh, for for this particular subject. It's great. And and what Philip was saying there about um, rereading issues. Uh, you know, it it this is one of the joys of, of Collaborating on comics, It's like, you know, I write this script and then forget about it for for months, and then uh, then see what Philip's drawn, and uh, you know, I, I can't tell which is which is mine and which is Philip's, but as <laughs> um, he drops in tons of like little references and background characters and and shapes that you know that it's so much fun. He, he brings it uh, to life, and uh, you know, I I, I don't want to pat my own bag, but I find it hilarious as well. But I think as much of that is. Um, due to, to Philip's great art in it and a great characterization. One oh, thing yeah, that it, stood yeah. out
0: for me was um, the during the headbutt, the bonk <laughs> at the top of the panel with the word balloon for the 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 O. Like that was, I thought that was brilliant. Where, do, where does something like that come from? Which one of you guys?
2: Oh, that, that's that's Philip uh, with the uh, you know the the lettering and the designer panels. I, I might have, I'm not sure. I actually um, wrote the word bonk as the sound. Of a, of a nose, nose
3: being, uh, yeah,
2: broken. I don't know. Yeah, uh, but uh, <laughs> it looks very well. <laughs> that was a great little detail. I love it. Yeah,
1: yeah.
3: It was perfect. But, it was and also, a bunch, like a lot of it is to do with it being so, like, sort of crammed into this, like, little, like, seven-inch square. Is seven-inch square is like not a lot less sort of uh, um, space than a regular comic book page, but there's there seems to be a lot crammed in there. So. Uh, Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes a speech bubble will have to double as a as the O in a in a sound effect.
1: So. And I was going to say, there things. is absolutely no wasted space on those pages. It's all <laughs> oh, yeah, uh, very alive. Yeah, if you blow it up really in the great. digital version, there's just so much detail in the backgrounds and like little bands, references, and it's all just fantastically done. The design is wonderful because it's a full piece
2: band. So this is like um, this is like. Philip Bond's team book, like he's doing the Avengers or something, (laughs) has to cram
3: in the whole team in every panel. And uh, and yeah, you were driving me insane. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) I've got like a a page with like sort of like seven panels on, and like five of the panels, everyone in the band is in there. Three of the panel, everyone, everyone in the band, plus the manager, plus the A&R man, and in two of everybody, everybody gets a like speaking part as well, so with like, three
1: lines each. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah. No, of so first, some, I, so, so
2: I'd
1: have loved of it. it is, uh, you know, I, I. I I had so much I wanted to
2: squeeze into each story that, you know, if I'd been given an unlimited series, you know, I could have given Philip a bit more space, uh, <laughs> but uh, no, I just had to, had to work him hard to get the whole story told. <laughs> I enjoyed the uh, opening
0: by uh, Stella Grady um, kind of yeah. setting up the whole, the, the whole era.
1: Um,
0: did you do music journalism or is that just from having been?
2: Um, I awesome? have, <laughs> Strangely, when I was a I um, I did do a fanzine um, at um, a university, and I did get asked um, to 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 write for the anime. I went to a few shows to write some reviews, but my style of writing at the time was too kind of like punk or something. I guess it it just didn't fit with the uh, anime. So I, I enjoyed the gigs, but I never got printed. Um, but uh, no, I didn't do I didn't do journalism. I've written for websites, and, I, and my my Day job is writing uh, books of various kinds, uh, so it was it was easy to just take copy from, uh, look, just look at the the style of writing from uh, from the period and and adapt my own writing for it. And you certainly did a good
1: job of yeah, that and all the different articles and everything. It, it's it's a testament to somebody that can actually put the entire article in there, versus I've seen a lot of people just do the headline and then yeah. it's all squiggle, squiggle, and you don't actually have any writing in there. So it yeah. was nice to see fully formed articles in there. It's insane.
2: I've got to set myself a challenge there. I always happen to write the lyrics uh, for the songs as well. Yes. Um, the next issue, as well, I, I'll be writing from the point of view of American journalists. Um and Shelley wow. will have to help me on this when I, you know, to make sure they don't put any kind of British Britishisms into the text there. But again, it's gonna be a kind of like sarcastic view about who are these hicks, you know, <laughs> um and I'll be writing on behalf of the American record company, uh doing like um PR for the band and completely misrepresenting them.
1: <laughs> and I was also curious, since you had the glossary in the first one, will there maybe be Americanisms that uh, they'll have a glossary of things uh, that they learned on their trip?
2: That's, that's a good suggestion, because, yes, we will be once again doing an American and uh, UK version. Uh, the, the main reason we do that is to save on uh, postage shipping costs, uh, because that's a real okay. um, an, an, a nuisance on uh, crowdfunding where... You know yeah. you think I'll oh, back the book and then discover it. it's going to cost more to actually have it delivered,
1: yeah. So mm-hmm. we can do a good rate,
2: but we also we do then, um, to, to create alternative versions, you know, slight tweaks. Some of them are really subtle, so you have to really go through and spot Philip's dropped in character or something, oh. uh, it's changing the background, but yeah, there will, be, <laughs> there will be some alternative content in there. So for, um, you know, if anybody really w- w- wants wants the full set, they will have to get two versions.
0: <laughs> so, what's the process like for writing a fictional song? Like, you have music in your head
2: that goes with it, or uh, sometimes, yes, sometimes I have a kind of rhythm. Uh, uh, it it is a, it is a bit difficult because I you know I've I've never written lyrics for Cud. Um, I've only just replaced a few lines that I didn't like the sing- the singer singing. Um, so I don't, you know, I tried to think of what would someone be writing about during this period. So in, in the case of Giza, early Giza, they, they write like um, suede. So it's songs about um, glamour and council blocks and, uh, you know, people who uh, uh, bisexuals and drugs and things like that. And then later it becomes a bit kind of bitter and twisted and um, like moaning about. Um, the record business and other bands, and also, also some like uh, again British cliches as well. <clears throat> uh, well. What Blur did a lot is, or is, well, Damon Alban used to write about characters, very British characters like businessmen, you know, who loved cross dressing or something like that. So, I, I have to think of these themes and then write some lyrics like that. But also, I will often have a tune or a rhythm so the 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 lyrics will scan they'll have the same number of beats mm. in it um like a poem and then hit them with the chorus and stuff like that and you know refrains <laughs> um but I, i've been asked if if there are going to be any, is going to be any music that's my go... follow up right there yes. <laughs> yeah and i have i wrote the the tune that goes that with the, for the video uh promo for for giza that's on the kickstarter site um, but that, that hasn't got any lyrics to it. Where I've got lyrics, I don't have a tune. So I've, I've got to work together to, to, to mesh them somehow. And I do intend to, to write a complete tune um, and record it in some way um, further down the line, but bef- certainly before issue five. <laughs> awesome.
3: <laughs> yeah, issue five could come with a flexi-disc now. Ah. That would be
2: lovely. <laughs> yeah, or proper vinyl. <clears throat> we might have to wait oh, of the, queue the vinyl pressing plans, so we might have to wait five years to uh,
1: to get the single out. <laughs> That's true. But we can always release them digitally in the meantime while we're, while we're waiting. So, yeah. Awesome. Um, so I had a stupid question, but... Uh, since i i think a lot about our show talks about fictional bands a lot in comic books so good uh i don't know if you guys have heard of uh oh my god i'm totally blanking on the guy that does chunks matt garvey (laughs) matt garvey from he's also from the uk and Mm -hmm. uh he does a book called chunks and it's Mm. a band called the pineapple chunks and they're a fun little touring punk band in the UK, and I, I was wondering if you had to do a world tour with a fictional band, any band from any genre, say, like could be the Monkeys. I don't care when they're from. Who would be your fantasy tour mates? Mm.
3: I, 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 I think we need to be like sort of third or fourth on the bill to Gorillas, really. <laughs>
2: yeah, I, I, the, the Gorillas thing quite quite funny because uh, obviously. Um, Philip's connection to Jamie Hewlett, yeah. and and then when we came up with Giza, it was never intended to be like a version of Gorillas. <laughs> and I did um, an animation for the first uh, issue of Giza, and it was I'd, I'd never used the software before uh, for the animation, so I and, and so it's like really clunky. Uh, it looks really cheap, kind of the morning cartoon. Yeah. And... Uh, and so I, I started to think that yeah, perhaps we were the pound shop um, gorillas in this way. <laughs> <laughs> like, I do like the idea that we could like be like third on the bill to gorillas, but have really bad animation. <laughs> <laughs> like Scooby that. Running across the, yeah. same, the same repeating background. <laughs>
1: the funny thing is when you said you were going through the software to st- start trying to do that. I thought you were going to say, "I found a gorilla's filter that immediately <laughs> brought me to the music." Thing. Yeah. That was, <laughs> no, you, I mean,
2: gee, we should we should like use AI to create a, uh, yeah. a gorilla style. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Just a little more inappropriate.
3: That's no, right. no, let's
2: yeah. not. Let's, <laughs> let's not do that. <laughs> no, that's fucking going to you know, if I was actually choosing a, a fictional band uh, to to tour with, um, for, uh, just thinking about cards then that, the that, that nowadays we just appreciate bands that are very tidy, uh, very very small bands. <laughs> maybe like maybe a solo singer with an acoustic guitar, who mm. just require a big sound <laughs> check or stage space. <laughs> it's really little petty um organizational things. It's nothing to do like we like that music. It's like how much of a nu- how much of a nuisance are they going
1: to be sharing with you? <laughs> We can tuck them into the gar the, to the luggage compartment uh, and nobody'll know. Room. <laughs> <laughs> oh.
0: So but between Blur and Oasis are you guys do you guys have a Winner between those two, <laughs> <laughs> or
1: which one you'd like to, or which one you'd like to fight more? I will alternate. Well, well I'm,
3: I'm, I'm, I'm gonna say I, I'm gonna say I do, but mm-hmm. I like one, one thing that sort of like interests me. Sort of like if we if we sort of direct this one at Will a bit more is like I, I find it interesting that um, you know when you're in a band, I I think there's a you tend not to commit to saying you're like fans of anyone current or, or sort of or, or your at least your contemporaries unless you know them very well you know if, if you just sort of are like you know if you if you if you were in suede and you know someone asked you are you, are you a fan of oasis like i i don't know it's, it's like do you hedge your bets that's why like when like a lot of the times when when you ask uh like a musician who their favorite band is they'll always like or or album they'll always like go back to uh sort of like some something sort of like that was way before their time rather than anyone contemporary with them you know what i mean yeah you have to when you're in a band you just have to tell everybody that you're the best
2: band in the entire world and it's 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 like
3: when when i've been doing sort of like um the band they all like they like every time you see the band like they're all in like different t-shirts but none of the t-shirts are sort of for other bands from that time you know they may be bands from like five years before but not bands from their immediate contemporaries you know yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. it's uh, yes, true. Yeah. Sure. I, don't, I don't remember <laughs> being interviewed and
2: asked about um, other bands because it is difficult. You know, you might like their music, but they are kind of competition. It's only later that you can say, "Yeah, they were. They were great. They were great friends." And uh, yeah, and, and to be honest, even if you're friends with bands you don't necessarily like their music, and you don't want to, mm. um, you know, be rude to them. Um, but, but in the answer to Blur for Oasis, for me at the time, it was Blur. Uh, You know, I, I, th- I just, I, I, I think it was a kind of thing because Cud were really active and mobile on stage, and we tried to entertain. And then I'd see Oasis, and they were so s- static, and I thought they've got no stagecraft. What's this yeah. about? You know, they're doing making no effort whatsoever. But Blur, you know, they were cheeky chappies and jumping around on stage, <laughs> and, and they had their tunes were kind of catchy and. uh a little bit little witty um so yeah enjoyed them more so when it came to the um you know the buying the single on, on the day that it was blur versus oasis I did uh, spend 99p on like, a single of uh, country house yeah. <laughs> even though it was a rubbish song <laughs> <laughs> I, just, like, I want to stick it to oasis now now I'm more kind of balanced and I do think yeah oasis actually you know the lyrics are crap but the tunes are good you know yeah
1: but like you said live i've talked about this on the show in the past it's it's the difference between seeing a band that is very static and it's like great i could you know spend that amount on their vinyl and put it on and look at a big blown off picture of them and be just as happy (laughs) or i could see somebody jumping around like an asshole and be very very happy because they're playing for me you know i know they're interacting with the crowd they're having fun they're you know, that's what I want to see. I'm going yeah, it's, it's difficult.
2: On. Yeah, so like now I can think about Oasis and, and think, you know, they were making a point like it's not about um, yeah. somebody to like dance, someone's dance moves. It's about the music. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, even, even if uh, they didn't move around, uh, Liam Gallagher had some charisma or arrogance that was um, uh, fascinating. Uh,
1: yeah. And i that's that is the difference if they're at least interactive. I've seen bands that have no stage banter and no movement. And it's just it's a little disheartening to go to see a band like that because you're like, but I wanted to see something. <laughs> yeah, you want to see you, you kinda wanna see
2: something that's a bit a different experience to listening to the, the record. Yes. So you get that with cut, you know. You never know what you're gonna get. Mm.
1: Yeah, did I see that you guys yeah, are having a live album? Is spot on. I don't really care. For that. Sorry, I didn't hear that. What is it? What were you saying, Eric? I think he's. Did Eric Do I have us? a delay? Huh? Do, Do I have you? a delay? Yeah, I didn't hear you said something about a live album.
2: What was that? I think I have a delay. Oh. Oh,
3: he's gone. Oh. He's back. Oh, he's back. <laughs> I'm back, yes, Harry, we had a flash. I had from- a crazy delay going
0: on. Five hours of you. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, I don't, I, when I get when I buy a live album, I don't care when it's too spot on. Like, I like to hear something different.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I deliberately
2: <laughs> play bum notes live, uh, just to give people a different experience. <laughs>
1: What I was trying to say earlier is that I see that Cud is actually touring a little bit this year.
2: Yeah, we, we got back together again a few years and it's like, you know, we just we play during school holidays. Gotcha. And um, yeah, we, we're actually weirdly we're actually touring with a band that um, got lumped in with the Britpop scene uh, this oh, autumn. Uh, we're playing with the Boo Radleys. Oh,
1: yeah. I um, see
2: that. Yep. Them. So we're doing a joint headline tour. So this whole th- question about who gets the best dressing room. We don't
3: know how that's going
2: to work out yet. We'll uh, find out. <laughs> All right, you'll have to now, When that. You, when,
3: when you're doing a joint headliner, like, do you switch back and forth? Who goes the first? Yes. Yeah?
2: Uh, well, the, the tour starts in Liverpool, which is their hometown. So they yeah, head up. Right. Liverpool. And then we, we open, But it's, um, it's an odd number. So the last show <laughs> is in London. And we're just going flip to a, flip a coin as to who plays last um, but we'll both play full sets, so if you come for one band and don't want to see the other, you'll get your money's worth. Um,
1: That's uh, really cool. Yeah, again, I
2: like again, that. the ways, i didn't really have much to do with them in the '90s. We played one show with them. Didn't you know? I think the singer met them in a in a hotel, but you know, we've been in contact with them since the tour was announced, and they <laughs> they seem really nice guys. <laughs> it's like, well, how can how we you know? We can't hate them. And, and Sice, the singer, is a big comics fan. So he's oh, that's threatened to, to bore me to death in the, like, pin me down in the short <laughs> comics for hours. <laughs> oh, that's great.
0: So yeah, we're in looking-
1: the last uh, 10 minutes or so, and we were here to talk about the book. So if you guys want to pimp anything oh, specific yes. about the book <laughs> or, or any of the, like, things that you think our listeners would think would be super cool in this last week to check out, feel free to like, give us well, the elevator pitch. Um, it's a book we love doing. It's full of detail. And it's,
2: I think it's Philip's best work ever. Uh, there's so much to enjoy, even if you're not a fan of Brit pop music, if, if you're a fan of bands, most people like bands. So, uh, yeah, you, you should enjoy it. And, uh, Obviously, the more support we get, the more we can continue the story later on. Um, there are a few, um, obviously, there's a few top levels and the, the, the crowdfunding campaign. That, uh, you, you should definitely back if you, you can afford it. <laughs> um, Philip's offering some um, original artwork where he, he, he redraws the Britpop album of your choice.
3: Yeah, and there's also a right?
2: very, very limited um, oh, wow. tier where you can join the cast of Giza, Uh, Where you you will be drawn into uh, in in a bar, in in a crowd, in 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 a scene somewhere. You will deliver a picture of yourself. Um, It could be one of you two. If you, uh, (laughs) uh, there you are. You part of part of Britpop history. (laughs)
3: Uh, Yeah. yeah, And uh, oh, I'm just pulling. I'm pulling some like bits of artwork out here because one of like one of the other didn't. One of the other top tiers was. Uh, uh, we've been doing some like sort of, some of these like little original uh, original drawings. Let's pull out one I've, got
2: one. I've got one here. This is um.
3: Oh, Elastica. Of,
2: okay. of the, the, very um, nice
3: Robert. There's an Elastica one yeah. and uh, we have here this. Uh, oh, there's a Blur one. And, <laughs> oh, uh, ooh, divine, divine. Divine comedy. comedy. Mm-hmm. Jean and Porter's head. Oh, that's awesome! Tinder sticks. Yeah. So all these um, these are like little, just sort of like four inch square drawings, like uh, original drawings. So those are those are coming as one of the higher tiers as well. You can choose choose which album of the period that you would like, and you will get an original drawing like that as part of your Giza package, along with. Plus, if we're uh, stickers and yeah,
2: we're about uh, about uh, if in about a couple of thousand dollars, or actually, a bit no, one and a half thousand dollars. Um, if we hit our next stretch goal, um, we'll be offering some of these as a uh, limited prints. Um, to, to all, yes. all backers, will yeah, get. you'll get
3: a, a set of a set of five of the of those um album covers of my choice. Um, <laughs> Although the, the, uh, there will be one Giza album in there, so there'll be four oh. real, uh, four real album covers and one Giza album. Yeah, Shelley, uh, Shelley
1: wanted
2: to choose the albums, but we were worried there was just going to be all suede albums, four suede. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah.
3: So that. So if we if we hit that that next next stretch goal, which is certainly within reach within yes. the next week, um, every everyone who gets the physical. Copy of Giza in any form, however much they pay, um, we will get uh, a set of four of these little prints as well to go with it. And it, it also comes in a little plastic bag, little special printed plastic bag. Records. Records. This, this was
2: the last issue. Came in the, in the Blimey Records. This was the yeah. uh, the record company that signed Giza. But the next issue is going to come in a bag for the for a second-hand record shop, which uh, also promotes Giza. <laughs>
1: yeah, awesome, that was yeah. one of my absolute favorite yeah. little perks from like that last campaign was oh, it right. was just so spot on for. Yeah. Like, yeah. As soon as I opened it, I was like, what? <laughs>
3: yeah. Oh, great.
2: I'm glad. It's that's fun funny. doing. I mean, like Philip de- designs these fantastic logos so we can create this world and flesh it out. So any opportunity to drop in like a little flyer or something from the period, it's uh, a back- backstage pass. It's, it's really fun to do all that yeah. kind of band merchandise.
1: Yeah, and for music dorks slice up like us, we just appreciate the hell out of it. So thank you guys yeah. both for good. getting good. such I'm a wonderful was, world.
3: Like it's um I'm very happy to meet our target audience. <laughs> yes. The two of we you are here As We're soon as see. that
0: last Kickstarter dropped, John sent me the link to it and he was like, You gotta look at this. Yeah. To- oh good, <laughs> good. I
3: I'm, I'm 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 really happy about that because I like this is this is really sort of like exactly what I want to be doing. It's like comics and music
1: yes it's absolutely like, perfect yeah, you are on
3: your podcast and i like I, I believe there's a lot of punk in there still as well It's, uh I, I think the way yeah. we the way we're doing it like very much sort of like uh, oh my god there's a plane going This um uh i'm like it is very much like cut and paste the sort of like yeah, you know, DIY, publish, it, publish it yourself get it out yourself with like sort of not doing it through any any companies it's like entirely um me will and shelly but, but it looks it also like-
2: there's in terms of um, is also there's a scene in issue two which takes which goes back to a uh a very famous new york um venue for for punk rock uh, and Jess, the drummer, drags the singer there um, as mm-hmm. like a special <laughs> pilgrimage.
1: Perfect.
3: Uh, I'm guessing and I might of, know. Is, I don't want to ruin it. Uh, so. Yeah. <laughs> and he is utterly unimpressed by the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> I,
2: think it's, I think it's
3: kind of. I think it's kind of more that he's scared. He's scared yes. of being out in a neighborhood in in New York City. <laughs> And he sees, you know. I've been
0: there. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess it's probably time for us to bugger off. Is <laughs> oh, <I did laughs> that right? Yes. Very good. That's That's right. We'll can... Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> All right. So we'll
1: be, um, yeah, we'll be watching your last week and hoping yeah. we get those extra prints and everything like that. And if you guys need a hand with anything, shoot but us I a message. Help. We're happy to help. So.
3: Thanks, thanks very much. You're going to be like sick of us the next week. We're going to be uh, like uh-huh. tweeting and posting yeah. about Absolutely. Giza every bloody day. Like, That's all right. We're already
0: looking forward to <laughs> having you back for number three. Today.
3: Yeah, good, yeah. good. Yeah. good. Okay. So are we? So are we? Absolutely. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, 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 take so care. I'm off to bed. Have a good night. Yeah. Have a good night.
2: Thanks. Hey,
0: Tom. you made it through an entire episode. Good for you. If you're looking for more, give the rest of the channel a look. And be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll catch you fuckers next time. Later.